0: The department manager speed walked to the crowd, folder in hand. How we all doing? He asked, his voice an approximation of friendliness. A retired cop with a master's in social work, he carried himself like a tourist trying too hard to look like a native, making too much eye contact and over-modulating his voice as he spoke the language, doing all he could to hide the beaming, the happiness of working in the world of social services. Eric pointed to the file. Present? He asked. The manager held it up like a kid with a stick surrounded by barking dogs. "Eeny, meeny, miney, Colson, he said, pointing it directly at him. Really? Why are we going paperless like the rest of the world? Um, Colson's like really busy, Tiffany said. Everyone's busy. But he brought a woman back from the dead, Eric said. A couple people mumbled, laughed. What's that? The manager looked around, fearful he'd missed some joke or dropped his passport. I've got a twin I never met up in New England somewhere. Brought a woman back from the dead. A breath and a sigh from the manager, then. Right, we go paperless in January. Colson wanted to say, Look at my cubicle. Seriously. There's a limit to what one man can take on. Eighty open cases plus one equals about twenty too many. But he said nothing. His hand reached out. The file found its way, and the manager nodded a signal for the rest of the crowd to disperse. Get back to work. Coulson walked over to his cubicle. Both the chair and desk sat covered in files. Beneath the desk, a short stack held together with a rubber band. Cases previously closed out now found wanting. Some error in the paperwork, a lack of signature a wrongly checked box, a misalignment with the office of compliance, a potential failed audit. Coulson could smell his own breath. He'd kept his mouth closed too long, his jaw too tight. He'd feel it in his neck, a worsening, a heaving halted, a knot growing. Three encores as a puppet then Doug came back into himself in a soundless scream, a forcing back to one reality, a vague sensation of uneverything floating in front of his eyes, and then he got on the bus, unable to recall changing out of his sweaty costume, unsure whether or not he drank the water or Gatorade given him by one of the assistants, simply a hand at the end of an arm that belonged to no one with a face. On his way to the bunk in the back, he caught sight of the intern. Book in her lap, phone in hand, thumb scrolling, blue light glowing up at her face, and he felt a stirring, a wanting that felt alien to him. No analog to previous experience. Some desire for connection. As though he needed some female mentor, a distant cousin he could tell everything, every truth hidden from his mother, the manager, the public. Drained. Drained. He dragged himself away from the feeling and into bed, plunged himself into the world of dreams. What seemed like a minute later, he opened his eyes, looked at his phone, and saw that he'd slept eight and a half hours, at least. He walked to the lounge where he found Mindy, the intern, chatting with Ron, the bass player. Good morning, sunshine, she said to him with a toner and a voice he couldn't, couldn't wrap his head around. Sweetness or sarcasm are somewhere in between. Ron grinned at him. Like a half-mad uncle in his late forties but forever twenty-nine. On the edge of discovery or conquest. Cup of coffee, Doug? He asked and kept grinning. He wanted no interruption from his time with the girl. That much, Doug could see. Nah, you need something else. You need some straight hardcore to wake you ass up. Ron rattled off a list of names, the exploited, subhumans, MDC, bad brains, black flag, then waved him off like a dog or a dismissed kid. Go look him up in your favorite app, he said, and Doug went, found his favorite seat by the window, put his earbuds in, tapped on Spotify and found subhumans. At first he couldn't think, the English voice shouting in his ears, the abrasive music, then he felt it. A rising excitement. A touch of fear, black comedy, energy, and anger all at once. A combination he'd never experienced before. A feeling he'd needed and lacked. A nutrient deficiency that caused a seemingly endless and varying list of minor to moderate annoyances. Low-grade fevers, less-than-adequate sleep, mental fogginess, low energy, poor social skills, and negative self-image. Doug felt much better now. And when the song ended, he listened to the next, barely seeing the world as it passed outside the window. The nameless one climbed onto the counter to avoid the press of bodies. The crowd continued to metastasize. People from the town, local news, a clergyman, a Tibetan monk from the temple up the street. The front and rear doors could no longer close and the people alternated between silence and a rumble of nonsensical questions. The Nameless One would make a statement. Now extends in all possible directions. but can freeze, expand, and crack? Now will always exist. What came before and will again. And the crowd would fall silent, trying to decipher its meaning before a person asked a question. Does your presence mean the end is near? And before he could answer that, another would come. Will I see my Father in Heaven? Because I don't want to. And another. Could you cure my cancer? Before they all began speaking at once. Pleas and concerns melting into each other. A wall of rumbling white noise until the miracle man felt nothing but simple agitation. A need for quiet. To get away from these people. A woman with a microphone squeezed through. A young cameraman behind her shoulder. Hello, I'm Kami Kong with WFSB. What would you like people to call you? Nobody. She paused, regrouped. Okay, and what brought you here to Jerry's Donuts? I needed to wash my hands. I heard a handful of people referring to you as some kind of saint or even messiah. What do you have to say to that? Nothing. He walked to the end of the counter, then onto the heads and shoulders and hands then crouched and crawled over them to squeeze through the rear doorway, hopped down into the tail of the crowd, a line that formed from a series of rumors, snaking back behind the building, and each person looked at him, their faces shocked and awed, another round of hands reaching for him, and he pulled each off with his own movement, then said, Stop. Let me go in peace. No one follow me. Confused, the people stood in that rear parking area, while some saw him disappear, fading as he walked away, others saw him explode into a cloud of glittering black dust, and others still swore he got into the back of a car blasting death metal music as it rode off. He walked until he got away from the center of town, beyond the college campus, into a residential area where he came to a lake. A metal railing divided the small world beside the lake between sidewalk and street. On either side of the water itself stood tall trees, pine, oak, Japanese maple. Cars screamed by, coughing carbon monoxide and belching bad music. He stepped over the railing onto a small strip of land, followed it to the woods and entered. He closed his eyes to better sense what occupied the space around him, hoped for a second that a bear or wolf would attack him. That something wild would tear him limb from limb, leaving a head without a body, laughing on the ground. Waiting for the black man from the donut shop to appear, wagging his finger at his failure, reconstituting him, then demanding him to continue pretending this world needed or deserved saving. Nothing dangerous roamed these woods. That he knew almost immediately as he walked further in avoiding a well-worn path to come to a large fallen oak, upended by a storm, its base and root system exposed, a perfect partial blind, thing to lean his body against. Behind it, the dark of trees, the light pollution, bleached night sky, a piss-stained gray-black with the occasional satellite, falling star, or passing airplane. As he closed his eyes, the visions came, A world-sized wave crashing over an already abandoned city, a room full of refugees breathing smoke, a mass of people led by a small boy, smiling despite his hunger as he marched them over starved and scorched land, crushed glass, twisted steel, and bodies. An old woman, standing in a doorway, going translucent, then becoming the background of nothing, a man holding a long blade over a table of bounty. Giant root vegetables, a live pig, face empty of all expression, a large book filled with empty pages. forest covered in black ice, the moon, a bright and glorious red violet, a chorus of anti-human sounds, an orchestra of formerly hidden souls, the freedom of a planet cut from its gravitational center, in free fall in an ever-expanding universe, wooden toy trains floating off their tracks, small boys and girls, blonde hair and red cheeks watching as it all begins, the end of weight and sinking, the need to walk, a world now ruled by music, He opened his eyes to a shape standing before him, an outline of a man the same shape as the one who threatened to ever extend his life. A thin man stands in the middle of a soccer field, oblivious to the coach's whistle, shouts of angry parents, confused looks in the faces of the children whose game he's interrupted, his skin's the pale gray of weeks ago death, contrasting with the heat, the sky, stark blue and cloudless over the small Maryland town. As the coach gets closer, he notices the man's face sagging, no longer fitting the skull, gums in the grinning mouth reneging on their promise to the teeth to hold onto them for safekeeping. Kids and their parents will later recall wildly different scenes. A human scarecrow, mentally ill person, a shadow made of light the color of stars and planets, a living public service announcement. Care for the sick and dying for one day you'll count yourselves among them. Some will simply recall a man in a mask pulling a nasty prank, ruining a police athletic league soccer game for a bunch of eight-year-olds. As he watches the man swaying, the coach feels a strange mix of peace and fear one would expect in the presence of angels. He makes a timeout signal and shouts at the opposing team's coach to call 911. He never brings his own phone to the games.